And I feel badly we didn't we didn't speak enough about Parshas Parah. Some Mishnayim hold it's a mitzvah the Raisa. Zachar, you have to be in shul to hear. Some Mishnayim hold that Parah the Raisa also. We don't pass in that way. We don't pass in that way. But some hold Parshas Parah the Raisa. So I, we didn't talk enough about Parshas Parah. And certainly the reason part you read Parshas Parah is we're already starting to focus in on the carbon Pesach. And you didn't want to be tar for the carbon Pesach. And what it takes to get tar if somebody's Tomei Mace is the Paraduma. That's what it takes to get tar. What's so funny else? That's what it takes. <coughs> That's what it takes to get tar is the Paraduma. What they do is they they burn the Paraduma to smithereens. And you take the ashes, you put them in water, and you dip the hyssop grass and the eras, the cedar tree. You dip it into the ashes and water, and then you sprinkle it on the tamay mace on day three and day seven. And the guy becomes tar. Now, we all know that paraduma is a chayk. We don't fully understand it, but it doesn't mean there aren't explanations in Paraduma. The real, it, we all know that Shloim HaMelech asked Hashem, he davened for wisdom, and he said the one thing he couldn't understand, he he said that Paraduma he couldn't understand. But that's a specific area of Paraduma that was a chayk. <coughs> the specific area is that it's Mitaher, the guy who gets sprinkled, and the guy who sprinkles becomes Tamei. So that's a chayk. Even that, you should know, the Sifornu says a pshat in that, why that happens. But that's where the chayk is, is why would the same thing, sprinkling the mitar, the guy you got sprinkled, that it makes him tar, but the one who did the sprinkling becomes tame. That's the chayk. But there are rationalizations, there are understandings of the mitzvah of paraduma. So I want to share with you Reb Miller's understanding of paraduma. I always appreciated what Reb Miller said, so I wanted to share with you what Reb Miller said. In general, <coughs> Reb Miller pointed out that there's something called Tamei Mace. Tamei Mace means if somebody goes near a dead body, the person becomes Tamei. And Reb Miller said that that's an announcement, stay away from dead bodies. Don't see a mace. If Hashem made something called Tama, that's Hashem putting up signs, stay away from a mace. Now why does Hashem want us to stay away from Mason? What's wrong with seeing dead bodies? By the Goyim, they're very into wakes. They have a wake. They leave the dead body exposed, and people come by and pay their last respects. By the Yidden, the body's always covered, because we understand we're not supposed to see dead bodies. So by Yidden, they take the dead body in Eretz Yisrael, and it's covered in a talus. Only the Chavra Kedisha sees the dead body. You're not supposed to see a mace. And the very halacha of Tumor says, don't see a mace. Don't see a dead body. Says Reb Miller, the reason why you shouldn't see a dead body, sight is a very, very, very powerful sense. And what you see leaves a reishim on you. You believe what you see to a large degree, even if what you're seeing is not true. Says Reb Miller, when a person sees a dead body, it looks like it's over. There's no Elam there's no Nitzchis. Because your eye sees it's over. What you're not seeing is there's an Eshama that goes up to Shemayim. What you're not seeing is that there is Elam there is eternity. But your eye deceives you. 
things look over. So it says we have Miller, that's why Hashem doesn't want us to see a mace. Better you visualize the person passed on and went to Elam Much better that visual. If you see it, you're fighting yourself. You're fighting what you see to understand something different than you see. That's what, that's what Reb Miller says, why Hashem badly doesn't want us to see. Reb Miller said that it says, Esav was Ayef. When he sold the Bechayra, and when he really became an Apikairis, Esav said, Who needs Ruchnius? I'm going to die. There's no eternity. When Esav became an Apikairis, he was good till he was 13. Reb Miller says he was Ayef because he saw Avram Avinu's dead body. Avram Avinu was the god Ladur. Avram Avinu was ace of Zayda, who <coughs> was the biggest Sadik in the world, was the greatest year to ever live. And Esav walked in and saw his dead body. It says he was Ayef, he was tired. And then he sold away his Bechayri. He said, Ruchmias doesn't have value. I'm going to die anyway. When are you going to die? But there's eternity. But he saw the dead body, and that took away his Emunah. It took away his emunah, Yan. It said, it, it doesn't, Reb Miller says that's what it means, he was oyef, he was weak, his emunah was weakened. I don't know where Reb Miller's got this from. I'm sure it's from Kadmainim, I don't know where he got it from. But that we know that it happened right after, Avram, he went to Tar right after Avram Avinu. I never found this where Reb Miller got it from. Reb Miller says he was oyef as he saw the dead body of Avram Avinu. That's what Reb Miller says. I don't know his source. Reb Miller says he saw the dead body. Reb Miller says it. I'm sure he had a source. He wouldn't just make such a claim. He said he saw the dead body of Avram and he lost Amona. Oh, biggest Sadik, the biggest Gadol, the greatest human being who ever lived, and it's over. So that's what Miller says his Tumah. Don't see dead bodies. Don't see it. Don't create that Messiah for yourself of thinking it's over. Says Reb Miller, listen to this, Ellie. Now you have a person that did see his tummy mace. Obviously, came in contact with the dead body. So the person has this challenge. What their eyes see, Zevi, looks like it's over. But we want to train them somehow that when you think it's over, it's not. Says Rev Miller, that's why we have the process of paraduma. A paraduma is this gorgeous red cow that's worth millions of dollars. It's worth an incredible amount of money. Because all the Tamei Mesim are going to become tired. It's very, very rare. So you have, this, you have this red cow. This guy in New Jersey, his red cow, got, Buffum told me, just got a mum. This guy outside of Lakewood had a, had a paraduma. People wanted to buy it for a million dollars. He didn't sell it, a Jewish farmer. And now it got a mum. It's, I heard it's no good anymore. You heard this, Sevesi? I heard it. I heard it. It gave birth? That's what happened? Oh, really? I heard this outside of Lake. Yeah. It gave birth? Somebody told me it got a mum. You can look online. You can look online. The guy was offered from somebody in Brooklyn wanted to buy it for a million dollars. The G'dayl in Paskin, there was a paradum. I saw videos of it. That it was a par- it was right outside Lakewood. That it was a parad- It was red. It was a paraduma. And somebody in Brooklyn offered a million dollars. The farmer said, I won't sell it. I don't remember if he gave birth or got a mum. I think it got a mum. He it didn't give birth. He was watching it like a beast. He didn't want to shout what? He didn't want to shut it. No, he shouldn't shut it. Because oh, yeah. Mashiach comes. Oh, he no. wanted to wait till. <laughs>
<coughs> we wanted to wait till Mashiach comes, but it got a mum, I heard. It got, I don't know, something happened to it. But anyway, the Kitzur Advarim is, so here's a person as a paraduma, worth millions of dollars, <coughs> because it has the power to be Metahir Mesim. You take this paraduma and you burn it to smithereens. The guy who's tummy says, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're burning a paraduma. This is my hope. He's Tomei Mace. You say, buddy, after it's burnt, when it's ashes, that's when it's going to be Metair you. When it looks like it's over, that's when it's going to have its power of Tara. We want the guy who's Tomei Mace, who went through an experience of seeing something look like it's over and that's it. So he watches the paraduma burnt and he sees, he's like, what are you doing? That's, that's my hope. Yeah, yeah. After it's burnt, it's going to be Metair you. We want him to see that. We want him to have a visual. I told the guys that my son and I wanted to see something. It's very, very important. We talk about seeing things and visuals are very, very, very powerful. What your eyes see. I always say in shul, it's so important to me that the decorum in shul is solid. I want to come to really feel I'm talking to Hashem. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to really live. You're talking to the Bayre. When a guy sits in shul behaving in a not good manner during davening, he is deeply hurting the other people in shul. Because it's very hard to see another guy lets him around, just playing around, and then for yourself to visualize, I'm talking to Hashem. If everybody in shul behaves in a certain way, so then it's easier to, you're looking around, Hashem's here. You know that person, you try to talk to him during davening, he's like, He's talking to Hashem, he's pointing up. Like, whoa, whoa. What we see is very, very powerful. It's called, in Musr, in Musr they had a line that the difference in a tzaddik and a rasha is seer. Is kayach a visual. Seer is the difference in a tzaddik and a rasha. Rishayim don't have tziurim and tzaddikim have tziurim. The power of visuals. A relative of mine was davening. And his son started pulling his, his laces of his shoes, and this relative of mine burst out crying. During his own Shemun his child was grabbing his shoes, getting his attention. He burst out crying because he had a visual, he was getting his father's attention. Now, we always knew that he was davening to Hashem, but it hit him in such a real manner. When his own child, while he was davening, was pulling his shoelace, it was like so real to me, burst out crying. Because it became real. Seer is very, very powerful. Visuals. Visuals are off the charts powerful. There's so many things. Reb Miller says the whole world is a seer for our relationship to Hashem. And you're supposed to utilize seerim, visuals, for all different rochnistic things. So here the person who sees it's all over, he sees it's all over, this loved one died, it's all over, we show him a visual of the paraduma that's burnt, and when it looks like it's all over, it's not all over. Rev, Rev Miller says that Avram Avinu was studying the world, and he saw a caterpillar. He saw a caterpillar, and he saw the caterpillar build a, um, a cocoon. I say the word wrong. So do how to pronounce it? Cocoon. So Avram Avinu saw a caterpillar build a cocoon. And Avram Avinu was fascinated. Quite a miracle. This little animal builds itself a cocoon, like a little house. 
So Avram Avinu was very curious what goes on inside the cocoon. And he broke open a cocoon and he sees the caterpillars ratting. Then he broke open another one and another one. They're all ratting inside. So Avram Avinu was nishtaymim. What's the purpose of this miracle? It's blood turns to string. Amazing miracle Hashem made. So it can build itself basically its own urn. Basically it makes itself a, what do we call that in English? Coffin. Coffin. Casket or coffin. So what's the purpose of this nace? Avram Avinu can't understand it. Why does Hashem make such a miracle that a caterpillar builds itself a coffin? What's the big purpose? Then Avram Avinu waited around and didn't break some of the cocoons. And after a while, he sees a butterfly come out. Beautiful butterfly. And Avram Avinu learned that Hashem was showing a visual of Tchiyas HaMesim. That when it looks like it's over, you see it dies in there, then it comes out gorgeous and flies. Hashem was giving us what we can't picture is very hard for us to understand as real. So Hashem was giving us a visual of Tchiyas HaMesim. We have a visual, we can, we can feel it and relate to it. I want to tell you something very, very deep. Maybe the deepest thing I'll tell you all year. I hope, with the Shmaya, I hope you understand it. There's a line from the Ramchal that is so misunderstood. It is so misunderstood that it's, that it's laughable. And I want to try to explain it to you this morning. <clears throat> the Ramchal says he, he wants to give a mushal of Olam of why Hashem makes us a world of Nisyanus. We have a world of challenges, and then we get Olam And why didn't Hashem put us right into Olam He wants to give us pleasures, so put us right into Olam why don't we born right in Toilum Abu? Says the Ra- everybody knows the Ramchal, and I want you to understand it. Says the Ramchal, Nama Tikisufa, embarrassing breads. Because that which you work for, you enjoy better. You work for something, you enjoy it. If you don't work for something, it's not as Gishmak. I remember my first paycheck I ever got. I killed myself in a summer and got a paycheck. I saved it for a long time and I bought my wife a candelabra for a Shabbos Kaddish with that first paycheck. It was very gishmak to use it for that. I really appreciated that money. I had a lot of money. My parents would always give me money. But money I worked for was very precious. What you work for is extremely gishmak. A guy works hard. You can't understand. When a guy gets up at a seum, everybody's, yay! Woo! Sing every rap. You can't understand what that guy feels. He killed himself for it. Leave yada maras nafshay. A heart knows how much you put in to get there. Ubisimchasay. And in its joy, no foreigner can mix in. to Paschal Mishla. You can't understand the joy of the one who worked. The guy who killed himself to get here, you know what it took? You know, you see, there used to be a guy in Yeshiva, Rabbi Simcha, he's a Rebbe in Imre. So I used to call him a machine. He was such a mash, Simcha, you're a machine, He hated, he said, machine? I killed myself to become this. A machine sounds like you're born for this. You're a machine. People say you're a machine, Rabbi Stern. A machine, he killed himself to become that. It bothered him when somebody said a machine. 
My father, if somebody calls my father an Eloi, a big gadol called my father an Eloi, I was there, said you're an Eloi. My father got very insulted. I saw it. He was insulted, not in a joking way. He's very insulted. He said, I killed myself to know what I know. I killed myself. He was insulted to call him a genius. He worked his kishkas off to get where he got. Say, guy's a machine, and Eloi, and Eloi. He killed himself to get where he got. <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so the Ramchal says that which you work. Thank you, Mavezi. The Ramchal says that which you worked hard for, you enjoy better. So that's why Hashem put us in this world to get to Yilamabu. Any thinking person has the following kasha. If you ask Ray Shapiro, he asked this kasha probably when he was. Any thinking person says, so why does Hashem make it that way? Hashem could do anything. I laugh at this question. I, people don't understand the whole statement. Any thinking person will ask this question. So, Hashem, so why does Hashem make it this way? Just make us go to my bum, make that word a shmack. I could not. Do you think we're going to figure out, Hashem? The first question, I want to explain something. Why does Hashem put us in this world? I, Hashem is smarter than you and I. Much, much smarter. And you're an un... I hate philosophy. I despise it because there's Tifa Gaivin philosophy. You Balgaiva. You're going to... You pipsqueak. Hashem made six billion people, seven billion people, created the world. And you pipsqueak. You're sitting there, well, God, you know, I'm one... You can't understand Hashem. Zero. Only what He told you and nothing more. To have the Gaiva... The kaiva, the hoardiness, it's worse than hoardy. I say philosophy is worse than hoardy. It's stupid. You're an idiot. You're an idiot to try to understand Hashem. You're such an idiot. How could you try to understand? Does anybody ever ask Yisrael Meir? He's running around in his diaper. Yisrael Meir, could you give me your parents' educational philosophies? You're, you're, not, just, you're not just hoardy. You're, you're a mishugana. You'd need to be checked into Bellevue. Then you ask a two-year-old, could you give me your parents' educational philosophies? The Bayri Eilam, you're trying to, to understand Hashem. He's a lot smarter, a lot. It's just stupidity. There's nothing intelligent. This that the, this that the Ramchal tells us, Nama de Kisufa, is not answering why Hashem put us with Bechera. And, and of course you can say, so then the answer is embarrassing breads. And the question is to just make us have... That's not what he's trying to say. It's a complete... Rav Dessler says this. It's a complete lack of understanding of the Ramchal. I have no... I'd rather follow the Mets than learn philosophy. It's a, it's, there's no mitzvah. Not there's no mitzvah. It's a bigger mitzvah to watch a Met game. It's Bittal Taira. I once heard you have Aaron Schechter go off on philosophy. Wild. He, I heard... I saw a video. Yitzhak Rabinu would show me a video. Going wild. Taira is what Hashem told us to learn. To try to understand Hashem. You're just a Meshuggah. What, what, what... I'm explain. What, what, what the Ramchal was saying is that Hashem made Olam Abba. We have something called Olam Abba, and it's out of our grasp. Rev Hirsch writes in one of his writings, when people start talking about Olam Abba, I run away. I ask you, if anybody starts telling you they know Olam Abba, please run away from them. anybody. I don't care what's from the Arasvarim to quote. I beg you. If you go to Eretz Yisrael and the Meir Rebbe starts describing Olam Abba, anyway, 
Run away and find a new Rebbe. Please, please, please. There are a lot of quacks out there. Go find somebody who's normal. Rev Hirsch says, I'm unashamed to say I have no hasag of what I am Rav Hirsch writes, this guy doesn't know more than Rav Hirsch, I assure you. And Rav Hirsch knew the same svarim this guy knew. Rav Hirsch says, I am unashamed to say I have no shaykh style I just know, you ever enjoyed a friendship, hanging out with your friends? Elamabah is better. Hashem says there's not a world, there are a lot of pleasures in this world. A lot of geschmack at times. This is not, this is not, this garnish. Elamabah is the place of star. This is garnish. So I imagine, you know, ice cream's quite good, steaks, but all those things, camaraderie, friendship is delicious. And Elamabah is better. So, this, so, but the question is, the question is what, <coughs> we need visual. What in our experiences allows us to taste Elamabah? Allows us that which I never saw, that which I have no visual of, I can't, Elamabah. What does it mean? What the Ramchal was saying is that which you get as a gift, that which you get as a gift you don't enjoy is that much you earned, that we all can relate to in your own experiences. Things you got easily and things you got hard, the thing you got hard is more geschmack. I could tell you, I promise you, that paycheck I got from the first summer, I worked like a dog. I took seriously, I'm very into a guy works, my Rebbe taught me, you're hired for a job, give every ounce of strength you got for the job. I'm very into that. So I was a counselor, I put myself into it, I gave every ounce of strength I had. I had a job. When I got my paycheck, there was never money like that that I appreciated. I got $1,000 for work in the summer. It was such an appreciated thousand. There were no tips at that time. That's what they used to do. The system changed many times over, all different ways. But at the time, I got a thousand dollar check. I worked by kishkas. It was less than the minimum wage compared to the hours I worked. But that a thousand dollars I got, I appreciated a lot. It was precious. That was money I saved up to use well because it was money I really appreciate. I had many times over $1,000 in my life, but that I got. My bar mitzvah money I did not mean a, th- a thousandth of that. Money you work for is very precious. It's a Pusik and Mishle. It says, Hoin may hevel. Instant wealth, you may, it disappears. Koivetz al yad. But if you gather by hand, slowly, yerbet becomes a lot. What you work for, you appreciate. We all have that in our own experiences. What you kill, you, the guy who's naturally a big massman, okay, it's, it's not, a, things that you naturally are are not as precious to you. If a guy worked on himself to become a Balmedus, he worked on himself to be a Davener, he worked on himself to focus by tefillah, that which you killed yourself is just has a value that's like precious, that we can relate to. So that's what the Ramchal was saying. He wasn't giving us reasons for Hashem, See, yes, why does Hashem make it that way? It, we don't, Hashem's just smarter, too bad. You want to analyze God, who cares? What he was telling us is, is that we have shaykhist to understanding Olam Can you appreciate a world where everything you get is payment for your work? Could you appreciate, did you ever have money you got that you killed yourself for and it was just like really precious to you? Or some mile you got? So then you have a tfesa, then you have an understanding. You have a visual in Eilam That's the only thing that's important. Because otherwise, Eilam I just can't, I have nothing in my experiences that lets me relate to it. 
So it's not an answer to a philosophical question of why the Hashem put I have no idea why Hashem put I couldn't care less. Hashem's nice to us and doing good to me and smarter than me to know what's my good. I have no idea why is this my good better than that my good. I, I don't know and I couldn't care less. I just matter. trust Him. It doesn't matter. He's smart. If you can't handle that God's smart, I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't know how to help you through that one. You know? There's somebody smarter than you. Tough luck. Deal with it. But, but at least, the, the, what's much more important is I want to connect to my boy. I have a place like just, there's nothing. The answer in your, in our experiences, that, that's not an answer to a philosophical question. That's what Reb Dessler explains what the Ramchal meant when he said Nama de Kisufa was not an answer to a philosophical question. It's a way of us having a tfesa, having a grasp of Oilam Abba. So now I have shaykhas to Oilam Abba because in my experience is what I work for. I enjoy Oilam Abba. I hear it's a place that the pleasures are such you worked hard for it. Well, I've, I've had that in my experience. Things I worked hard, I really enjoyed them. That's what Eulam Abba is like. Okay, okay. So at least if, if Eulam Abba is like mirrors in a, in a much more extreme way, but that $1,000 I got for that paycheck, I hear. I'm on share that. That was, that was precious, that $1,000. So at least in my experiences, I can connect to an idea of Eulam Abba. You've ever seen this, Rev. Dessler, Rev. Shapiro? <laughs> I always appreciate because I never like to begin with the philosophical question. When, when I saw Rev. Dessler, then I understood much better. You understand, Raphael? But this is this point, Rabbi say about having visuals, about having visuals for Ruchniistic ideas. It's a massive tool. People think it's like a trick of speakers, visuals, like it's a good rabbinic tool. I was on the train, and you visualize the train. The Chavetz Chaim was the best mushal giver in the world. I, the Chavetz Chaim's Mishalim always are amazing to me. So people think Mishalim's like a good trick for a Rav. He's visualizing the train as the path of life, and the wrong train, the right track. You know, a lot of the Chavetz Chaim's Mishalim are trains. But, um, yeah. but people think it's like a rabbi trick. It's not at all. It's a trick of a tzaddik that a lot of spiritual ideas, we have to have some visual, something we can see and experience that make it real for us. I was, one of my sons had banged his head and needed a cat skin. And they asked me in the hospital, he was a little child, they asked me to hold him steady so the cat skin would work. And he was screaming and I was holding him steady, he was looking me in the face like, Dad, where's your, where's your Achmanus? Screaming, and I wasn't holding him, I was just holding him down. And it was, it was unbelievably emotional. I couldn't handle it. I wanted to pick him up and I would ruin the whole cat skin. And I understood that I'm doing it for your benefit, but he can't understand. To me, that was such a visual of so many things that Hashem saying to us. We're screaming. He's saying it's for your benefit. You just can't understand. I'm older than you. I'm smarter. The things I know, you just can't know right now. But it was, that visual is not like a cute... It's not like, oh, okay, very cute. It's not like that. When you're sitting there, many things became real to me. You're, you, in our lives, we're supposed to use seer. We're supposed to use visuals like that to gain smartness and to gain like practical understanding, to gain thus, that things that are just in the luft, like they say, just in the air, become tangible to us.
So we have a way that Eilam Abba is more tangible. It's late. I do want Gemara Shirim. So 12.25, Rabbi said Gemara Shirim. Oh, we did a little paraduma raid. I think we should have one day, 24 hours straight. learning tired. Learning a little paraduma. A little raid. Some paraduma raid.